Welcome to Cover to Cover, a podcast featuring musical conversations about an album or song which has changed and enhanced someone's life. I am your host, songwriter Matt Targa. Thanks for joining us today. We humans connect with the presence of music in our own unique way. As an artist, a concert goer, through our headphones or as something that simply lives in our everyday background. Our guest today comes to us from Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, South Central Pennsylvania. He is one Adam C. Grabowski. Adam's a freelance drummer, a live sound engineer, a drum tech, a freelance studio and mic engineer, and host of the podcast known as Backseat Playlist, which is dedicated to breaking down what influenced musicians, producers, engineers, techs, and artists to pursue the craft. And I'll make sure to drop a link to the show in the show notes for you. For our conversation today, we are going to be discussing Thrice and their seventh studio album titled Beggars. Beggars was released on Vagrant Records back in August of 2009, and it was produced by the group out of their own home studio. So without further ado, Adam, it's great for you to be here. Oh, thanks for having me. That was a yeah. that was a lovely intro. I feel so official. Glad you're here. I'm glad to be talking about Thrice. And why don't we just officially begin? What inspired you to choose this particular offering from Thrice? Uh well, apart from the joke that I opened our totally unhad pre-recorded conversation with, I feel that the first track just represents the last 12 months of everybody's lives. I wholeheartedly agree. And what is that track called, sir? It is called All the World is Mad. It's very apropos. It's it's on the nose, and I'm I'm cool with yeah. that. Um, what made me choose this record, it's got a very sentimental place in my heart and musical development and life development as well. And like, it, it almost in a weird way, like, Every time I listen to that record, it feels like I'm having a conversation with an old friend. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever had that experience with uh, music before. I hope you have. I have. I hope your listeners have, because it's it's wonderful. It's um, it's comforting. Yeah. It's, it's weird to look back on a piece of music and realize how much you've grown up with it being the soundtrack to your life. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess... I really started getting into this record when I was in high school. Uh, Thrice has been, as I said before, before we started recording, uh, it's been my favorite band for, I don't know, 15 years, a solid 15 years now. Where's the band from? Uh, Irvine, California, I believe. Okay. That sounds right. California somewhere. Some suburb of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Would be SoCal. My, yeah. Orange, Orange County. Mm-hmm. But I remember like this album, I didn't like this album initially because I was in high school and I was cool and I was into like really heavy stuff, as you do. Mm-hmm. But uh, I lost, uh, my, my grandfather passed when I was in high school and he and I always had a super close relationship. And he was the one when I was a kid who like got me into music initially. So did he play an instrument? He did not. Um, he was a, he was a great singer, but in his, like my great grandfather, so my grandfather's dad was a, a World War II veteran, and it was just that stereotypical from everything that I've gathered, like upbringing. 
where it's just like we're staunchly staunch or staunchly religious and we don't really encourage the arts. Mm-hmm. So I guess my grandfather's form of rebellion was through rock music. Mm-hmm. So he was always like, when I started getting into music, he was completely on board and it was awesome. Like my earliest memories in life are him driving me to elementary school and just, we were rocking out to like the who and Zeppelin and Springsteen and Phil Collins. Mm -hmm. It was awesome. So losing him was tough, especially because like there's that week in high school where all of your friends get their letters of acceptance to like what, like their dream college. And I was like, yeah, we had a family meeting last, last night where it's just like, yeah, he's, it's going downhill. I mean, it had been going downhill for months, but that was when it kicked in. And I remember driving home from the hospital with my mom and the beggar's CD was in her car just on shuffle. And we didn't, when you go through emotional trauma of that degree, I guess, you don't really, you can't really word anything. So we just listened to beggars on repeat from Johns Hopkins to Gettysburg, just in silence. So it's around that, like, you know, 17, 18 is when you first start thinking thoughts that involve the entire scope of the world. Mm -hmm. Not just like, you know, your universe just doesn't go from, you know, your brain to the tip of your fingertips like it does when you're younger than that. And heavy situations like that definitely broaden your perspective. And this record brings into question how to deal with, I guess, some heavy topics. So I guess it was just coincidence. Perfect storm. Yeah. 17, 18. Yeah. You're, you're finding yourself. Mm -hmm. You're, You're finding music that speaks to you. It's yours. Yeah. It wasn't like, I just like this cause it's loud and heavy and it's going to make my mom mad. It was very like, I understand what's being said. And like I said, I'd listened to thrice for years before that, but it was when, it was that click aha moment where I went from almost like listening to music to hearing it and understanding it. We're talking with Adam C. Grabowski here on Cover to Cover with Matt Tarka, specifically about Thrice and their seventh studio offering titled Beggars, which was released back in August of 2009. Um, Adam, can you tell us who comprises the band? Has the lineup changed at all over the years, or is it still kind of a core group of co-conspirators? Now it's been the same guys the whole time, which is cool. And rare. Yeah, hard to do. Yeah, the uh, the drummer and the bass player are brothers, and then the front man, Dustin, and the guitar player, Tepe. It's just It's been them since 1998, so it's uh, an impressive feat. So they all grew up together. Yeah. High school, perhaps. I believe Riley, their drummer, is slightly older than them by like five or six years. But so you've described for our listeners where, when you first heard the band mm-hmm. several years before. But what what hipped you to this particular record from Beggars? Was it kind of like I love this band? They have this record out. I'm going to go grab it at my local record store. Um, how did it? How, how did you come from like the the band's early days to discovering Thrice? I guess their lineage is they kind of started maturing as a band as I started maturing as a as a human. 
Um, and it was also really on an, another, like on a more positive avenue of my life. Um, this record came out right when I started really getting proficient at using the internet as a kid. So they posted a lot of behind the scenes videos and I'd always been into music, obviously as a musician and engineer, but mm-hmm. for beggars, as you said, they self-produce it. So they turned Tepe, the guitar player's garage into a recording studio. And I remember being 15 or 16 before I even got really into this record thinking to myself like, well, I'll probably own a garage one day so I can totally do what, like what they're doing. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's right there. And now I'm doing that to some degree, which is cool. You said this band is, they were um, sharing behind the scenes, you know, types of things that were going on with beggars figuring a lot of things out on the internet at this point in time, 2009 in some respects was, you know, the very beginning of, well, I suppose Facebook and, and Twitter had been around for a couple of years, but it didn't really become in vogue until, you know, this part of you know, the end of the last century when artists were kind of teasing out, you know, things that they were working on in this capacity, right? This was really kind of a, a new idea. Yeah, and I I always have said to people that Thrice has always been like three years ahead of the curve when it comes mm-hmm. to what they're releasing musically. Like I feel if their their first breakthrough record was released in two thousand and six, they would be one of the biggest bands on the planet. Just a case of timing. Just stylistically. But I also like I just respect artists who write music that's true to them and are unapologetically themselves. We're talking with Adam Grabowski here on Cover to Cover with Matt Tarka, all things thrice and all about uh, their seventh record known as Beggars. Um, Adam, do you think this was a continuum of a sound that thrice had been building on since the very beginning? Uh, that's, that's a tough question because I feel like all of their records are so different sounding. Because before Beggars, which is um, it's a super stripped down and raw record, they went. They released uh, four EPs that were uh, released as two albums, and it was based off of the elements. So there's Earth, uh, was it Earth, Wind, Water, and Fire? So it's this huge experimental record where the you know the fire ones are your typical like post hardcore heavy screamy stuff. The water one is there was a lot of like digital programming and synths and drum loops, and then the uh, Air and Earth EP were raw and mainly acoustic based and dry and earthy and airy for a lack of a pun there. (laughs) Yeah. So I think when they said like they embarked on this, this huge experimental project that got them dropped from a major label, but I respect that because like I said, I respect artists who just want to do what they want to do and can do it well, but because they went so far into left field for those two out for the alchemy index albums. I think they just wanted to be, you know, in the garage making music again. Yeah. Collaborating, you know, a little bit more of an intimate way. And it reflects that there's not a whole lot of fancy production on beggars. It's, it's stripped down and as simple as it gets from a, you know, studio nerd engineering perspective, but every album or every song on that album is so good. You know, speaking of the album itself, let's jump into some tracks how would you like to uh, tackle these? Would you like to go track by track or would you like to pick out your absolute 
favorites that rise to the top and take it from there? Uh, I, I'm going to go dealer's choice. You okay. Pick. It's your podcast. You pick. Why don't we pick your favorites? All right. Why don't we pick your favorites? We'll go favorites. You mentioned all the world is mad is, you know, really, you know, <laughs> it, it's, it's very appropriate now. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. And it's got like, it's a shuffle from a drumbeat perspective and it grooves hard. And that's a rare, it's hard to pull off. I respect it. Lots of really cool squelching guitars from what I remember about this track. Yeah. It's uh it might it's my it's one of my favorite just bass and guitar riffs that kind of play around each other. The uh the scratchy rhythm guitars that really lead into it are just it makes me happy every time I hear it. There's a lyric that stood out for me the blind lead the blind into bottomless pits still we smile and deny that we're cursed but of all in a, but of all our inequities ignorance may be the worst oh yeah i mean yes <laughs> it's <laughs> of course it's 100 <laughs> percent agree <laughs> I, I would love to deep dive into the analytics of that lyric, but it's, it's on the nose. If you can't figure that one out, it might not be the record for you. Right. <laughs> or at least skip that track and see what else is in store. Yeah. yeah. Other I was, tracks. Like, I was yeah. sweating. Cause I thought we were going to go track by track. And I was like, man, I'm like the perpetually single music dude. So I'm going to have to not talk about the weight. Cause I don't understand the, the commitment that goes into a marriage. So we'll just skip track two. a wonderful song. I hope to understand it one day, but right now, other than me just in, enjoying it musically, I can't really offer too much insight into that one. What about but, Circles? Uh, yeah. That actually might be my favorite one on the record. Yeah. Reminded that was me the, of OK Computer a little bit. Yeah. I I never put that together, but... But what do you think? Yeah. I don't know. That Circles is the, the one on this record that probably means the most to me, because it was in that... that scene that I described when I was just listening to this record in silence with my mom, because there there was nothing left to talk about, but we just understood like without communicating what each other what each other person was going through. But circles came on and it was the first time I like paid attention to music lyrics in the moment and I understood what was being said. Hmm. So and before uh, Thrice was the last band I saw live before the pandemic hit, and this was the second to last song they played at the show. And I again almost cried. It was a beautiful moment. Uh, probably, I pulled up the lyrics right now because I I'm blanking on it. But my my favorite lyric in that song, or the one that means the most to us, is the beginning of the second verse of "We're building towers with no foundations, just stacking stone on stone. Whatever it takes, mix our mortar with bones." Beautiful. Yeah, when that when that part hits, it's uh it's an emotional experience for me for sure. Yeah, it's it's kind of an, a very ambient sounding song from what I recall. Yeah, it's, it's uh. You know, if you're trying to lift the the uh, the mood of the party, definitely not your song. But if you're trying to get, you know, introspective and some and and a little pensive with some things and figure yourself out, get to know you better. Mm-hmm. Give this one a spin. We're talking with drum master Adam Grabowski here on Cover to Cover with Matt Tarka about Thrice and their seventh record, Beggars. 
So from Circles, we have a tune called Double Speak. I love the feedback from the mic, you know, kind of towards the very beginning of this track. Yeah. It's 400, four minutes and 50 seconds of just pure intensity. It's got a sick uh, groove too. Yeah. A lot of left hand, like piano, piano playing, like cool yeah. fuzzy bass. It's a very percussive. It's one of the more percussive songs on the album for sure. There's a lyric in here that goes like this. There's a jackpot toe tap keeping time while the children dance and play. Honey, if you think you've seen a crime, you just look the other way. I dig that. That's uh, that's that's also very just in your face. Yeah, for sure. It definitely, I think Dustin, the front man, really started kind of reflecting on what like good morality is in this record, mm-hmm. um, which is a big like, I, I vibe on that line of thought. Obviously, why this record means a lot to me now that I've kind of... I I appreciate what it made me feel in the darker times, but now that things are kind of leveled out and mostly good, I can, I can dive into it more analytically and less emotionally, if that makes sense. Makes a lot of sense, yeah. So... Yeah, I've read I've read the lyric sheet to this album probably almost as much as I've listened to it. Nice. And uh yeah, it just makes yeah. you know, I I like that it's a very eloquent way of just telling you to just be an upstanding and accountable person, which needs to be said. And, you know, I've we've all failed at that aspect in life before. But I don't know. It like I feel like a lot of lyrics on this album like call you out on your own kind of BS, but then it's also very uplifting at the same time because it's like, you know, this is bad, but don't feel bad because we all do it and we just need to figure out how to find the line. Mm-hmm. And talk it out. Yeah. And try to make peace with your mistakes. Yeah. And this album has definitely helped me do that too. What's next after Doublespeak? Uh, that would be In Exile. That... uh it was probably the first track on this album that grabbed my attention, probably because, as I said, Child of the Internet, this was the only one on the record that had a music video. Being uh, being one of those gosh darn kids with bad attention spans, uh, while the record when it first came out and where I was at in life was a little too mellow and slow for me, and I would I would pay good money to sit down with someone who's 13 or 14 and can understand the message of the lyrics of this album. <laughs> Could you describe a little bit for our listeners what you remember of the video? I personally haven't seen it. Okay. Well, it's all, yeah. it's in black and white, which is a bold move, but one that I respect a lot. And much like the record, it's just a very, it's a collage of just them playing live and being on tour. And it's a very, it's a very somber song. And it almost like, in a way, I feel like um, it it makes you feel how you see musicians on tour are probably feeling. Hmm. Where, yes, they're doing like the coolest thing ever, which is playing to a paying audience who's there to see you, to have you enlighten their lives for an hour to an hour and a half. But it's, I haven't toured yet in my career, but I can see and understand that it's a very taxing thing and the video kind of 
much like how they did the behind the scenes of like, we're making this super raw stripped down record. I feel like that music video really highlights some of the, uh, like duality of man, if you will, of being on tour where it's awesome and the coolest thing, but it also highlights that like, they definitely miss their families and it is definitely a grind and it's not a perfect fantasy. Like most of us think it is. You're passing through. You're going from, in some cases, you're going from town to town. And and that's a lyric in the song. Uh, I know I don't belong here. I'll never call this place my home. I'm just passing through. And that's that's what touring is, man. Mm-hmm. Sound check. Get there early. Play a show. Meet, meet some fans. Mm-hmm. And then hop on the bus and... <laughs> do it again. Do it again. It's, yeah. uh... <laughs> there's, a uh, on my not to plug myself, but on my podcast, I had uh, the drum tech who taught me how to drum tech in plug away. Um, I had him on for an episode. His name's Kenny Sheritz and he is the man. And he was saying that like being a, a, a tech is like being a carny who pillages. It's like, we're here for, for your money and a little bit of your time. And then we're gone. And you know, he said it in, in more of a joking way than that. But yeah, yeah. It's not I don't know. It's it's not like even being like on the tech side of things. People are like, "Oh, so you get to like hang out with all of these like well-known famous people?" Like, "No, I don't." Like I, you know, I have a like a stage to set up and then yeah, I have a it job is, to it do. It is work. Yeah. yeah it's <laughs> it is work that I love entirely. And I can't envision myself doing anything else, but it's it's not a party. We are talking with Adam C. Grabowski here on Cover to Cover with Matt Tarka, specifically about Thrice and their record, Beggars. Um, Adam runs a podcast called Backseat Playlist, which you should all check out in your free time. Um, Adam, what is next here on the dance card after In Exile? Uh, that would be track six, At the Last. We are, uh, we are on side B of the record. All right from what I recall about this song, it had sort of a very kind of early eighties police vibe to it. Not sure why. Okay. I would have percussively and some of these lyrical intonations, you know, just kind of reminded me a bit of sting, but what do you think? Yeah. It's kind of got like a melody. Like if police weren't as reggae influenced, I'd never connected those dots, but like, as you say it, and I hear the song in my head, it's got a very like the vocal delivery and the bass, the rhythm of the bass. It's very, it's kind of police esque. Yeah, I like it. Oh, you blew my mind. Look, I'm I'm following your lead, man. Uh, I, I'm so sorry. I don't want to be in charge. <laughs> after um, after at the last, we have a track called Wooden Wire. Kind of signals that we're kind of quieting things down a little bit. Yeah. It's uh, I guess from what I've I've gathered reading the lyrics, I, I it's about um, a, a prisoner who's going to I, I assume the chair, and he's just kind of facing at the making peace with the fact that his life will be no longer. Huh. Yeah. I never put that together about wooden wire. My, my my thought immediately went to some sort of wooden instrument like a guitar. No, it was the um. 
there's the the second verse of uh, a dead man walking down the hall to meet a mess of wood and wire. They lead me where men fear to tread, but towards the thing I most desire. That makes more sense now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I guess it pairs with the we'll go we'll we'll totally Tarantino this song and we'll go back to the first verse where it's 14 years <laughs> behind these bars. Right. <laughs> 12 foot square of cold cement. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I get it now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't ever want to have uh I'm okay. I've accepted the fact that we as humans all have to have that conversation with ourselves. But I don't want to I don't want to relate to that song literally. Oh no. No, I don't I'll be good, I yeah. promise. Yeah, and, and all my sufferings lie in momentary pain while the weight of a yeah, while the weight of an endless glory still remains. That's a good mantra though. It is. Yeah. I've definitely gone through some heavier moments in life and just that lyric has stuck out it's just it's all it's temporary after wooden wire we have talking through glass backslash we move like swing sets another one of my favorites it has uh, impacted my my approach to mixing very heavily because it starts on a super blown out uh drum room sound and i to this day my uh my audio mentors from uh who were my instructors in the school that I went to uh they definitely tell me that I need to calm down on how much I over compress my drum room mics and I refuse to concede because it's the sound that I like so if you <laughs> that's if your you, imprint yeah, yeah if you don't want if you don't want crushed drums on your mix I'm probably not your guy I mean I'll 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 dial it back but it's gonna be there. It would be like telling the edge to not use a dotted eighth note delay. <laughs> not that I'm on the edge's level, but no, no, but that's a call. That's a good calling card. You yeah. know, it's you too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm lyrically, I guess it's about struggling in a, in a relationship. I which, do find that there's an interesting production choice. It sounds like there's kind of like this ambient idle chatter happening in the woods. In the background of the last in, one. Yes. Yeah, I'm a big sucker for that too. Anytime you can put like a fake news feed chatter in a song, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm there. Like in, uh, let's take a complete left turn to Thrice being my favorite band, and let's go left field. Second favorite band, Tool in Vicarious, they have the bass player read a fake news report. And I just, I love it so much. It's good texture. Yeah. I've done that in albums where I've read, um, I've read passages of books to just make a bridge in a song just have more of a of a a vibe and a feeling. Especially like if me and one of the artists the artists I'm working with uh especially one in particular uh, my good friend Waylon K Smith out of uh Baltimore. He and I are both huge Kurt Vonnegut fans. Mm-hmm. So I I engineered and mixed and mastered his last EP called Stereo Flame and in some of the songs we were, I had him read, uh, lines from Vonnegut books and in awesome. most yeah. of the songs, they're so quiet. You can't even really hear it. It's more of just, I didn't want to use a vocal throw delay cause I've been using it on all the songs on this EP. So it mm-hmm. sounds like I had him read it and then I spent way too much time in pro tools, cutting it up and making it rhythmic. So it just sounds like a delay of whatever the vocal's doing, but he and I are both reading passages from Vonnegut books. That's really cool. Yeah. We are 
talking with Adam Grabowski here on Cover to Cover with Mad Tarka about Thrice and their record known as Beggars. Um, after this particular song, Talking Through Glass, we move like swing sets. We have the great exchange. What say you? Phenomenal song, but I'm yeah. very biased on all things Thrice. What you makes can- it phenomenal? Uh I'm, it's going to sound repetitive, but it's just, it's it's mellow, dark, and introspective, but the melody choice in this song is just very soothing, mm-hmm. I feel, to, to my ear and to how I like to hear things. Um, I like the imagery that the lyrics paint, too. Uh, Dustin's really good at taking the more visual part, because he's a his podcast called carry the fire is great. And he talks about his, uh, his view on, on Christianity and and spirituality, uh, from his perspective Mm -hmm. and me as a, not that religious kind of person. I, I appreciate that he uses more of the imagery and a lot of the philosophical side of it, where it, it makes me question things that are greater than myself, but I, he doesn't ever do the like, well, you're not one of us, so you should feel bad. So it's uh, he uses he likes to use a lot of the uh, the biblical stories that involve the sea or anything nautical related. Yeah, I was going to ask you if there are any lyrics that really stand out for you in particular uh, on this song. Oh, uh, verse three. Um, I guess after it says, "Too tired to keep my arms moving to swim or even grasp after straws." That one's pretty cool, but the next line, the underto- the undertow drew me down into its cold and infinite indigo jaws. That one always hits me in a, in a very special way. Mm-hmm. The deep blue. Yeah, the unknown. Yeah. And the, uh, I don't know, I feel like the ocean's such a good metaphor for that because we know it ends, but we don't know where. Hmm. And we don't know what all's there. Like, you could flip it to space, but the galaxy's infinite. You could go, it could go, it could take a number of turns, but anything that could be happening out there in space and time is so far away from us that it might as well not be happening. Whereas the ocean's unknown, but it's our next door neighbor. That really keeps one's imagination going, doesn't it? Oh yeah. I'll lose sleep over, I'll, I'll, I'll hit you with a message tomorrow and be like, I thought of so many more things I should have said. (laughs) I'm just anti- when I read this line I anticipate shark week. Yeah. I uh I I have this weird this weird thing with sharks where I'm I'm terrified of them, but I respect them so much. Cuz they're kind of meant to do one thing and they do it very well. And my family has a history of always booking the beach vacation during shark week, and I refuse to not stay up until the wee hours of the morning watching great whites just do what they're meant to do. And then I have to explain to everyone, they're like, no, I'm not going in the ocean. Like, I know what's there. So what do you do? Do you set a DVR at home before vacation and just record all of Shark Week? No, I don't really go to the, on the beach vacations anymore. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I all usually right. use work as an excuse. Fair enough. I do, I do love my jobs when the COVIDs aren't happening. But I mean, come on, it's Shark Week. Like, it's a big deal. It should be a big deal to everybody, in my opinion. Talking with Adam Grabowski here on Cover to Cover with Matt Tarka, all about Thrice, all about 
beggars, all about sharks for the time being. But we just use the word beggars, and this is the title track. An interesting, interesting sequential choice here, having the title track being the very last track on this album. Yeah, it always, uh, until I really, this is going to sound pretentious, but until I really got an understanding of album flow, I always thought that Beggars and The Great Exchange should be flipped. Hmm. But in the last two or three years, I think that they absolutely did it right. And again, I respect the boldness of this record and of doing the title track at the end. I wonder if Beggars and um, uh, All the World is Mad were kind of just split apart. If this was some sort of stream of consciousness and he, you know... Dustin wanted to just get these in just two separate ideas and just bookend this record a certain way. I made uh, that's in my notes of uh, the the my note that I jotted down that I just found the lyrical concepts of Beggars are interesting. Where track one is a statement of all the flaws of the human character, and the ending track is a statement that no matter what, no matter what, pretty much everything that has been given to us in life, including life itself, is completely out of our control. That's well put. Thank you. <laughs> I was I was proud of that one. I don't even think I edited that one. I think that was it was when we first started talking and I was like, I'm so excited that someone's finally going to listen to me talk about this record cuz the reasons I respect it just being a raw in the moment documentation of of how thrice felt at that time. A lot of my audio friends aren't super into it cuz it's not the highest production value. And I'm always like, dog it's not supposed to be like read the lyrics 10 times when you listen to the album that you don't like the way it sounds. Right. <laughs> you know, Adam, I'd like to close our conversation with um, a little bit of a talk about cover art. We just live in this world where much has been digitized. Yeah. And in, you know, situations like, cassette tapes and, and vinyl records you do have the presence of liner notes and cover art and and yes too with with digital releases you have you know that that complementing piece of artwork and i want to talk about that piece of artwork and you know what do you think it represent do you think it's a good fair and fair representation of the songs that you are about to experience when you throw this song in your your favorite digital device or a few you know fired up on your turntable what does it say to you let's go let's go really hipster here because there are there are actually two covers of this record so are you talking about the one with the fisherman or the one with the three bars well i'm talking about the one with the fisherman okay i'm glad you brought that up because i just got reminded of a point i wanted to make so uh, i love the al- the album's obviously called Beggars, and the last song definitely deals with that. Anything that we take for granted, it's pointless and wasted energy because it's not ours to control. We we are all on borrowed time, and none of us are playing with house money. That's for sure. But I love that the title of the album is written in pen, and it's scratched out and then rewritten. Yeah, and it's in the clouds too. Mm-hmm. But the uh, the fisherman has a weird a weird tie-in as well. Cuz it was at that time in high school when things, you know, in life where I was first realizing 
that it's, you know, there's, there's a lot of darkness out there and it's just going to come at you whenever it wants. Uh, I took German in high school and I was a terrible student for that class, but my teacher was a very philosophical minded guy. So I always listened to his stories and, and we talked and he was like, I know you really didn't like grasp the language as much as you wanted to, but I always appreciated that you were always down to have a conversation about heavy topics and like real things. And I was like, thank you. You're welcome. Sorry. I was also not that great of a student, but there's a, a short story that we had to read about a fisherman. So there's a, a tourist taking pictures on a dock and he sees a, a fisherman in a, a small boat, just taking a nap. And the tourist lectures this fisherman about like, you should be out there now while the catching's good. So then you could catch more fish and then your business will grow and then you can buy a bigger boat and then you can hire people and be in control of them. And then they can have boats that are yours. And then you can buy like the refrigeration plant and then you can ship and then you can retire early and just enjoy the view. And the cool wraparound of the tourist kind of then got, he realized what he said and he realized that that guy was doing what the end goal was right in that moment. So there's a certain level of awareness I feel between the cover album and that proverb or short story that really tie together very well. And that I try to carry with me too is I get in my own head a lot. So I have to remind myself, like just be aware and live in the now, not with like reckless abandon and like, don't put yourself or anyone in like harm's way appreciate what you have while you have it. I love it. Yeah. And that could be anything from a really serious conversation, you taking the time out of your life so we could nerd out about some music, a friend just wanting to have a beer and catch up. Like you got to value those things. Adam C. Grabowski, freelance drummer, drum tech, freelance studio and mic engineer and host of the podcast backseat playlist. Thank you so much for, taking some time to stop by the program today. It's really great chatting with you. For sure. Anytime. All right. Thanks so much to Adam Grabowski for taking some time to stop by the program today. For all of you listeners out there, thank you very much. And please remember to hit that subscribe button on that device in which you listen to your favorite podcast, whether it's Apple, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon, or wherever you like to dial into your favorite podcasts. Take a moment to tell some of your friends or your family about our show. Let us know how much you like the show by giving us a good rating. That will certainly help us appear higher in those search results. And feel free to drop us a line, as always, at hello at covertocoverconversations.com. Intro and outro music of our podcast is produced by Jarrett Nicolay at Mixtape Studios in Northern Virginia. We hope you discovered some new music, perhaps rekindled your love for an old forgotten song, and shared a good moment with us as we continue to sonically explore a world from cover to cover.